today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, uh, let's talk uh, Donald Trump and NAFTA and Justin Trudeau. Uh, there was a great column yesterday in the Toronto Star by Tim Harper, national affairs columnist. Donald Trump's trash talk only helps the liberals. Here's what the president's been up to. Because his tariffs are too high and he doesn't seem to want to move, and I've told him, forget about it. And frankly, we're thinking about just taxing cars coming in from Canada. That's the mother load. That's the big one. That was his answer to a question when a reporter asked him if he had canceled or turned down a meeting with Justin Trudeau. Uh, The odd uh, piece of information that came out after that was the prime minister's office said, we never asked for any meeting. So I don't know what he's talking about. Let's bring in Tim Harper. As I said, the column in yesterday's Toronto Star, Donald Trump's trash talk only helps the liberals. Tim, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate this. No problem, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing very well. You? Very well, thanks. So do you think this question was a plant in the sense that someone knew, ah, there's been no question, but if I pose this the right way, he'll jump at it? No, I think if you posed it any which way and mentioned trade or Canada, he wanted to get this out. I think the genesis of this question was a rather awkward moment the uh, day before when, um, I'm sure I'm sure your listeners yep. have seen it, where Trudeau um, seems very over-eager to come over and uh, shake Trump's hand and walks past a number of other leaders, and Trump's sitting at a table, and Trudeau offers his hand, and uh, Trump grudgingly uh, shakes his hand and goes back to looking whatever he's looking at, uh, and it just looked like a snub, a uh, flat-out snub. Um, there, there was at least one other incident that, uh, that the cameras didn't catch that we heard about where Trudeau tried to buttonhole him, uh, what we call a meeting on the margins. Uh, he couldn't get Trump there either. So uh, both sides are right. I mean, uh, I'm sure the PMO is um, being straight, I think, that there was no uh, ask for a formal meeting. Right. But uh, Trump's actually, uh, in one of those rare instances, actually telling the truth. There seems to have been an attempt for Trudeau for a pull aside, and he didn't want to do it. What about Justin Trudeau's reaction to all of this uh, over the last couple of days, saying, hey, you know what, that's the situation we were in. It's it's a working sort of meeting. People are, are brushing shoulders, saying hi, whatever, and he was busy working on his speech. Well, uh, you know, I don't know what Trudeau's supposed to say. I mean, Trump, Trump at these international gatherings is, is nothing short of a boor. He... He makes enemies. He comes in there and like knocks over all the furniture and the uh, and the uh, uh, crockery. Pulls these bizarre uh, media press conferences and then with enough damage done, flies home. Um, he's uh, you know nigh into an impossible guy to negotiate a trade deal with, and this is the the, the problem Trudeau, Christopher Freeland, and their uh, NAFTA team have. Uh, but I can't fault the prime minister. We're on a deadline. This is another one of these U.S fake news deadlines uh, from Trump, but uh, there is a, a deadline for something uh, bilateral between Canada and Mexico to be shipped off to Congress this weekend, so you can't fault the Prime Minister for um, trying to buttonhole the President and maybe talk a couple minutes about this trade deal, and, you know, if this is Trump's negotiating style to, to snub and, and, and uh, appear condescending to us, uh, it's just, uh, you know, he's not negotiating a real estate deal in New Jersey. This is a trilateral international trade deal, and he's using the same tactics uh, uh, he's used uh, his entire life, bullying and issuing threats and telling lies and um, uh, snubbing uh, efforts to, to talk about things. You just don't see this on the international stage among international leaders. Maybe that's how you 
you buy an apartment building in New Jersey, but it's not the way you negotiate a trilateral trade deal. Uh, is there any advantage for us, no matter who the leader of the country is, not to push this right up against a deadline? I mean, that's the art of negotiating, isn't it? That is, and I believe uh, I've been fairly close to these talks over the last year uh, with another hat I wear. Uh, I think the Canadian negotiating team is, is doing everything they can. Uh, I, I think they do legitimately want a deal, but they are being tough negotiators because what's on the table right now of Canada, if the, the Trudeau government signed uh, what is on offer right now on the table, there's not a chance they could get reelected. They they would be giving up uh, cultural safeguards, a, uh, a trade uh, dispute resolution mechanism. They'd be selling out part of Canadian culture. They'd be selling out the dairy uh, and farm industry that would kill them in Quebec. Uh, and they would not have a guarantee that after uh, Trump said, hey, okay, that's cool, that's everything I want, that he wouldn't turn around and slap these punitive tariffs on us again anyways just because he wants to under this uh, ridiculous National Security 232 clause that he's used uh, already and is threatening again. So um, it's not just posturing when you hear the uh, the Prime Minister and, and the Foreign Affairs Minister say uh, no deal is better than a bad deal because that's exactly where they are right now. Explain the headline, and I know uh, necessarily the, the author doesn't write it, but Donald Trump's trash talk only helps the liberals. What do you mean by that? Um, I think Canadians uh, of all political stripes are rightly tired and offended at the way a duly elected leader in this country is being treated by the President of the United States. And that would be the case if he was dealing with Prime Minister Andrew Scheer, uh, Prime Minister Jagmeet Singh, what, who, whatever uh, name you want to put out there. Uh, it just, this kind of bullying just galvanizes Canadian support for a government when you've got, whatever you think of Justin Trudeau, and I know there's a, a, a hefty percentage out there who think Trudeau deserves to be called weak and dishonest, and and um, uh, Trump makes up, admits he makes up trade statistics when he's talking to Trudeau one-on-one, uh, promises uh, economic ruination in this country, has AIDS go on TV and uh, promise a special place in hell for a government that had the uh, temerity to stand up to him. It, it's, it's, this is, uh, it's easy to say that's just Trump being Trump, but after a while, uh, I, I mean, I've been around this game a long time. I have never, ever heard uh, a, a, an allied leader uh, use this kind of language, this kind of um, condescension around a Canadian leader. Uh, and I think the, the, it's been shown in polling before. Trudeau gets a bump when, uh, yeah. when, when Trump acts like a buffoon like this. There's actually a bump to the governing uh, party. The problem is, of course, there's a threat of tariffs on the table. And, you know, at some point, Trudeau may be having to deal with very uh, significant job losses. You talked about your experience in this game and, and watching things over the years. How does a president like this change the game how do they change the game moving forward is is this the new normal will the pendulum swing back how does this you know especially when you're you're watching trump address the united nations and and they're laughing well the you the new normal that's that's you hit the nail on the head there scott this is what i think a lot of people worry about that uh whenever trump leaves office um he will have had enough success in this kind of uh, lowest common denominator politics, that it'll become attractive to uh, uh, 
successors and to other parties that maybe this is the way politics is now going to be done going forward. Um, I mean, one hopes not. Uh, look, there's been a lot of flashpoints between Canadian prime ministers and U.S. presidents in the past. I, I pointed out just a few of the recent ones. I mean, there's there's no doubt that Richard Nixon didn't like Pierre Trudeau. Uh, there was a uh, a lot of um, uh, difficulty between George W. Bush and Jean Chrétien leading up to the Iraq War, but uh, none of them talked to the, the world media at the UN and uh, said you know, basically what Trump said this week. You know, I, I, I don't like the Canadian style, and I, and I, I don't like your. Uh, he didn't mention Freeland by name, but he essentially said. You know, and I don't like your foreign minister very much. How do you I think mean, Canadians responded to that? Because my guess is they all said good. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure they all did because, you know, there's part of them divides. But in my view, what, what when Trump says that, he might as well be saying, you know what? Your foreign minister and your NAFTA team is a tough negotiating team. Yeah. And that is actually the image, obviously, the Trudeau liberals want out there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of peak involved in this with Trump. He's got... Frankly, he's got the Mexicans to roll over, and they'll be releasing uh, this evening what's actually in that uh, bilateral pact between um, Washington and Mexico City. But he's dealing with a Canadian government and a female foreign minister that isn't going to roll over, that isn't going to just smile and capitulate. And I think this is bugging him. And I think that was a lot of the frustration you heard uh, in this dismissive, uh, condescending tone that he used at the U.N., and, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Most Canadians think, good, I'm sorry that you don't like her. Uh, but you know what? You're not supposed to like her. You're supposed to negotiate with her. Why did he stop short of mentioning her name? He might have forgot it. Who knows? You know, the thing. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I, you know, he, he throws a lot of stuff out there, and you wonder, well, if you want to make your point. On the other hand, um, I don't think there's any ambiguity. I, your representative, we know, we know who she is. Look, you know, there's this. This is um, this is a woman who's, who's tough um, and isn't taking um, um, a lot of the garbage that's being tossed to her uh, at this table by Robert Lighthizer and the Trump government. And I think they, um, I think they had different expectations. They, I think they thought Canada wanted a deal so badly that we can strip this away from them. We can strip this away from them. But they need a deal. They're going to sign. We haven't signed, and I and you know there's no guarantee that Congress is going to agree that he's got that, that President Trump has the right to uh, ask Congress uh, for approval of a bilateral deal. The mandate was a trilateral deal, um, and uh, you know Canadian the Canadian team has been smart. They haven't bitten at these deadlines. I can't even remember how many U.S. imposed deadlines there's been to get this deal done. Hmm. Um, and the Canadians have uh, worked the clock to their advantage and. You know, I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a theory out there that we're between a rock and a hard place. This isn't good for Donald Trump either, uh, not having the third party come on and uh, facing midterms and congressional deadlines. So the Canadians have been tough, but they also, they haven't panicked. They've been under control and they played the clock to their advantage. Tim Harper's with us, a national affairs columnist. His uh, latest column in the Toronto Star, Donald Trump's Trash Talk Only Helps the Liberals. Tim, you, you talked about how there's a bump every time uh, Trump slags uh, uh, Justin Trudeau or the team or the country itself, what have you. Uh, 
what does it say when all parties jump on board this to support Team Canada? Uh, is this something that should be dividing us politically? Are you surprised it's not? When does this become political hay for Canadian opposition? Well, in, inevitably, it will become so. Um, I think the Liberals deserve uh, a lot of credit for keeping everybody on board uh, to this point. Well, with the exception of Andrew Scheer and his... Uh, uh, Shadow Critic for Foreign Affairs, Aaron O'Toole. Every so often they uh, sort of uh, leap up from behind the uh, barricades and, and take a shot at Trudeau on trade, uh, and it doesn't seem to work, and they go back to the bunker. Uh, we're heading into a federal election year. Uh, nobody in the government expects that somehow it, we're all going to be uh, joining hands and, and um, you know, chanting at the, uh, at the border that, you know, you're not going to bully us. It'll, it'll break down. It has to break down the conservatives have to find uh, an area to maneuver here. The, the problem Shear has right now, obviously, is if he goes too hard on it and, and all of a sudden, bingo, some great deal comes out of uh, the next session in Washington, he's going to look, uh, he, he's not going to look good. But, uh, you know, they, the Liberals went out, they they pointed this advisory board and they put, for example, two prominent Conservatives on a former Cabinet Minister, James Moore, and a former uh, interim Conservative leader, Ron Ambrose. They put New Democrats on it. They briefed the the, um, the provinces and have kept even Doug Ford on side. Um, so they've done a pretty good job of keeping everybody in a row. But if this thing blows up, uh, Trump goes ahead with these auto tariffs of 25% is going to gut the auto industry in this province. Uh, then you know the gloves will come off. Uh, then you you then you've got a tough sell job for the government. You can say we stood up to the bully and. We couldn't sign this, uh, and you tell Canadians what was there and what you couldn't sign, and you're going to have the Conservatives saying, well, you you fumbled this deal, and you were causing a lot of pain in this country, and um, that's, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a free trade election in 1988, Scott. We might have a, a free trade election in Canada in 2019. Hmm. So you don't think this is, or do you think this is one of those issues where Canadians want their politicians united and on the same page? No, because <laughs> you get into an election year. Yeah, everything's uh, off. You're going to find it a, a very tough search, my friend, to find conservatives who are going to say, no, 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 that's my thought. I know there's all kinds of jobs now being lost in the auto parts and uh, auto industry in Ontario, but, hey, you know, it's not the government's fault, so let's talk about something else. No, no, no. Um, and, and the Trudeau government knows this. In fact, the Trudeau But let me ask you this, though, Tim. Like, when everybody, and, and most have said from both sides of the political fence here that, you know, the, the government was proactive. Uh, they got lots of people from all political stripes on board. Yep. They hit the states. Yep. They did a pretty good job. So at the end of the day, if this all does go south, can we still blame Justin Trudeau? And believe me, I'm not, you know, the first one to wave that flag. But is this beyond the leader? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Um when there's actually economic pain here, you, you, you know, let's put it this way. Here's the box Andrew Shear's in right now as we talk, in my view. There's polling data out there that show that Donald Trump, uh, that 81%, 81% of Canadians who are polled disapprove of Donald Trump in his job performance. Uh, they find him arrogant, uh, bullying, uh, untruthful. Uh, there's a, uh, 11% of Canadians who said they back him. That's a pretty small well for the Conservatives to fish from. So, uh, to use a tortured analogy there, uh, what they have to do is find a way to criticize the government 
for messing this deal up without sounding like they're backing Donald Trump. Right. Um, and that's, a, you know, that's going to be a, a, a nice dance to, uh, to watch, but you can't, you, you can't any, in my view, in any way, shape or form in this country, um, come out and say, well, you know what, uh, Trump was right, blah, blah, blah. No, you, you're going to have to keep it in, internally. But um, I think inevitably there'll be a price to pay for the uh, liberals if they don't get a deal and these auto tariffs that Trump has threatened go through, um, only because, you know, you're going to have to look at what's on the ground. And ba- at the end of the day, this government is in charge of the largest um, bilateral file uh, that we have and no matter who's in the White House this government has the responsibility of every other government they've got to somehow manage the Canada-US relationship and to go to the Canadian people and say yeah well we did everything we can but you can't manage this guy and get a lot of sympathy but not when there's uh, tens of thousands of jobs uh, being lost at that time and that reality will bite we talked about how there's no advantage for Canada to get this deal done uh, before any deadline whatsoever, that they're going to bump it right up to the end. How long can Justin Trudeau play this card before everybody says, or before the U.S. says, that's it, that's enough, and, and the really serious negotiation has to start? Oh, uh, by the way, the, the, they are very I, serious in negotiating. Yeah, They're, that's a bad choice of words, I guess, on my part. But yeah, before before, are, pers- before push comes to shove and, and, and a straw breaks a camel's back here. Well, um, I'll tell you one thing. Canada won't get up and walk away. This is going to be a U.S. decision. Um, and um, I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't think Trump wants a deal that does not in, in, involve Canada. So uh, I think we've probably got, you know, they're going to blow away a deadline for the midterms. Um, this, but, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, Trump wants a deal. So, you know. We'll probably go through another U.S. imposed deadline, but uh, until there's something there that Canada feels they can sign, um, they're not going to sign it. So, really, it's up it, it's up to the U.S. as to when and if they want to walk away. And right now, they don't want to walk away. You know. And as the midterms well, get closer, that obviously creates more pressure for them. It does, although you know maybe Trump's prepared. Uh, put up the message that hey we got a good deal with mexico but the canadians uh, they're just uh, so unfair and they're they're we don't like their leader and they they tried to burn down the white house <laughs> and, oh but i love canadians here i'll sing you some old canada maybe he thinks he can uh, go out there and, and somehow make canada a whipping boy I, I can't ever remember a u.s uh, election where um canada was an issue or, or a whipping boy i don't know if that works but you know he'll he'll be able to say, look, I got a deal with Mexico, and I and on the trade file, I've, I've talked off to China, and um, I've got concessions from Japan. He might feel that he's he doesn't have any other option. He'll just say, uh, you know, I I can't deal with this government in Canada, and and, and starts slagging Canada all over again. That's a very good possibility. Tim Harper has been with us. His latest column for the Toronto Star: Donald Trump's trash talk only helps the Liberals. Tim, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you for calling, Scott. Have a good weekend. You too. The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.